Good morning, good morning. It is uh, Season 5, Episode 36 of the Decoder Podcast, Summer School Edition. Can you believe, Chris, that we are actually able to do this today? It's it's out of order. Big time out of order, but you and I are both, we're going, we're going places, we're doing stuff. Um, we're big time out of order. That's just how we roll. <laughs> big time out of order. I like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I think it's working out exactly how it should. Um, yeah, exactly how it should. You're right. We, we kind of came into at least summer knowing that there was going to be some challenges to hitting the mics, but that's okay. Yeah. No biggie. I mean, um, I think that imagine if, imagine if we were so hardcore attached to making this podcast happen weekly. <laughs> my brain was like, it's just because my brain, it was it's the ADHD factor and that I'm on my third cup of coffee. Just the whole, because because as you're doing that, my brain is completing the sentence. I'm filling in. There's no blank. I'm just running ahead. I'm listening too fast. And my brain was saying, imagine if we were actually serious about this. Imagine if we we're actually <laughs> serious about this podcast. That might be problematic, right? Um, might be problematic. It might be. It might be, but so, we're good. So it's it's fine, right? Like we're we're good. We're good. We make it happen. Um, yeah, dude. Listen, you tweeted the other day about um, burgers and how how people like their burgers <laughs> and how they assemble it from the bottom up. And I have to tell you, every time I see the tweet, because I it pops up here and there, I see the tweet and I think to myself. Okay, I want to respond, but then I feel I I feel exhausted from trying to break down how I like to build my burger. It's I a feel, thing. I'm like, is oh, it, I is can't it do this? Is it not a thing though? And I kept on. I mean, I was just. I mean, if I had really, if I had more time, I'd be kind of like pushing people a little bit harder. I'm like, but tell me, like, what's the order here? I said it's because I will say whenever I have a burger at home, I'm constantly playing with. The arc you and I talked about this actually. I think I'm having a flashback about from a restaurant's point of view. We're talking about poor poor construction, right? And the thing falling apart. I'm I'm sure we did multiple episodes. This is the first time burgers have have hit our pod, right? <clears throat> but I do have um I have this this very almost obsessive drive every time I, I make burgers at home is I'm yeah. looking at the same. There we go. <laughs> I'm looking at that. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna be totally. What, what's happening? Go. Cheers! Cheers, wait, buddy! See if we, wait, do oh, it into. Um, oh, there we go! Bing. There we go! <laughs> that that was awesome. Um, but every time I I build the burger, I got pretty much the same stuff. We got set, we're we're now on shredded shredded iceberg is the thing we like that the family likes that so I'll do a fine sort of like it's called a chiffonade. Oh, okay. Hey, chefies out there, a chiffonade. Yeah, chiffonade is like where you you would um, kind of roll up any sort of flat herbs, kind of cabbage. It could be leaf lettuce, and you just do like little ribbons on the end of it, right? So that shredded lettuce. So we're addicted to that. Love that. It's got to be tomatoes. The tomatoes I season ahead of time, so I'll slice them out and I'll put some steak spice on them. Just let them sit with that on it. Pickles, onion, like a white onion, relish mustard. I'm a fan of mayo. Any mayo-based sauce on a burger, I'm good. Sometimes avocado, I don't need that. Sometimes a fried egg, but I don't need that. But every time I'm looking at it, I'm like, how do I maximize the liquid component that's going to go on top of the burger without wrecking the integrity of the bun? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think about it every time. So, of course, nothing more dangerous than a person thinking about burgers and having a, a device in their hand. Cause then I'm like, I'm going to ask this out and see if I can, you know, inquiring minds do not want to know, but I am curious. I am curious. So I start asking, right? Like, tell me about this. Tell me, how do you put it together? And I mean, I, I got some, some interesting comments. I don't think anybody was really prepared to dig in as deep as, as I wanted, as I really craved. Sorry. Dude. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Again, summer style, everyone's on summer style. But I was this. This was a thing that um, I've I've given way way too much kind of consideration to. But just the construction, like where does stuff go? Where does stuff go on the burger? I loved. I tried to 
poke the bear a little bit. Hey, Beth Lines jumps in with this Waikiki burger. And that's big, got big problems with for me, man, because they're talking about putting on pineapple. Yes. I yes. do not have an issue with pineapple, but that's a thick, juicy piece of fruit. That is a, that's a, that's a, a, a bun burster. Like that's just going to trash the bun. So you know, how are you dealing with that? Are you making sure there's like cheese on the top of the bun to sort of like line it? So it doesn't soak right in. Are you putting the lettuce underneath just so it kind of catches it? So it's like this lettuce wrap kind of action. Dude, this is where I got, this is, this is again, dangerous. Okay. So I hear what you're saying. I -hmm. understand as well. You and I have been on the same page with respect to the toppings on the burger that I love what you call the bun buster. That Mm -hmm. thing like tomatoes are bun busters big time. Pickles can be, you should see what I do with pickles. I take them out of the jar and I literally wipe them down. Yeah. I pat them dry so that I'm part of that club. They don't bust my bun. Yeah, <laughs> I need the uh, flavor. You don't need the juice of the pickle. You don't. I, need I don't, don't want the juice of the pickle. Do not. Do there not. is a place in Savo Beach called the Beach Burger, and um, I I really enjoy Beach Burger and they their most popular burger. Oh, are you kidding me? I just want to go to the website. They won't. They they send me to. Uh... Okay, there we go. So I'm gonna just find okay? the name of the burger. Um, it's I would say it's their most popular burger. According to what they want us to think, um, it's called it's called the son of son of a beach burger. Okay, hmm. and the son of a beach burger has a um, has a pineapple right in the middle. Now, this I'm looking at the picture, and what I can tell from the picture is they have bun, they have two patties, then cheese, then bacon, then the pineapple. Then tomatoes mm-hmm. and lettuce and then the bun, so That's I believe That's a lot. it is. Oh, but dude, it, it it's so good. So I, in my opinion, now it's a disaster when you unwrap it. Okay, it's not. Do you like, want that? Do I want it to be? I hate disaster burgers, but what are you going to do? They're not going to let me go to the back and cook it. So, um, it's a disaster. But what I do is I try to fix it up, and I have to tell you that I believe that that construction is a good one. I, I believe oh. that. I do because the cheese and the bacon kind of they allow the juices from the pineapple to roll off and not to the bun, but right off the burger. And then the tomato, well, the tomatoes and the pineapple right on top of each other. I don't know about that, but the the lettuce before the top bun, I'm good with that. So now that's, oh, shoot, I think I lied to you. Mm-mm. I thought I, th- I th- we're done. I th- <laughs> it's called the the big beach burger. What do I get? I don't. Oh, sometimes I get that one. Okay. Or I get the. Uh, no, I get the son of a beach. Anyway, the big beach burger has the pineapple, but whatever. Long story short, I've tried it. It's it tastes good, um, but I'm with you. I don't want my bun to be a soggy mess. The other day we were eating burgers at the cottage and as we were eating the burgers, I was laughing because my wife, as you know, she's got a real thing about the buns on the burgers. Oh, this is what I remembered. Yeah. That was like, Sarah doesn't, Sarah doesn't interact with my stuff often. Like it just, when I post up, we, I think we, we follow each other in different spaces, but she doesn't, she doesn't interact. But that bun one, that lit her up, that lit her up. So, and it came up at the cottage. She's like. As we're eating the burger, she's like, one day Roland and his friend Chris were on one of their food adventures. <laughs> and I think my in-laws get heartburn when they hear about the food adventures. But she's like, they were on a food adventure and the phone rings. And they're in a car driving from one location to the other. And they're, and Roland's like, tell tell Chris about your bun issue. And so then she explained how it's got to be fresh. And she prefers... Um, she prefers bakery-made buns, yeah, rather than the ones that are prepackaged. And I'm the Feel opposite. That. I don't want the burger Feel ones that. because I don't want the beach one, uh, the uh, bakery ones because they're too damn big. They're big and they're they're like mushy. No, I want a prefab. I want prefab. <laughs> anyway, so that was good, dude. Um, but I just couldn't. I couldn't muster the energy which is hilarious because mustard let's get the let's get the metaphors in there come on couldn't get mustard i really relish this conversation though that's awesome 
I hope I can catch up to you. I was I was hoping I was hoping you'd <laughs> let us continue. Um, can oh, we jump? Can I, oh, do go, oh, go. you jump? You jump? No, you jump. Um, no, so you got me more curious. I was gonna say, do we mention? Do we mention? I, I gotta mention it. The book club for men. Go for is it. That a, is that a worthy? Um, not much to go for. Just kind of like dropping that in. Um, we got some folks, which is cool, to come in read a book and uh, the choice, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um. What I love, one of the things, there's lots of stuff that I love, I find fascinating, that I find like is feeding me about this book so far. I love on the on the front, and I don't know what version you have of the book, but here's what I love. So on the front of the book, as told to yeah. the autobiography of Malcolm X, as told to Alex Haley. I love that. I've never seen that language before. I've never seen the language like that. Like, like that's... That seems like so much more powerful than like Malcolm X in his own words or by whatever. Um, I think it also, it opens up a really interesting space of, um, so the autobiography of Malcolm X, I think the word autobiography entails that Malcolm was a part of it. Dude was there, right? <laughs> no, so. but, but it's also interesting as told to, because it's the autobiography of this person as told to Alex Haley. Now, Alex Haley was there, right? Like Alex Haley's part of the family. But then I also just wondered, and I'm starting to wonder this, it look like who else was telling these things to Alex? And if there's any sort of space in there where um, it's like, like, is it 100% Malcolm recounting this stuff? Or is it because Alex was there for part? He's like his, um, his uncle. His uncle? Alex Haley is, is his uncle? I think he's in the fam. Alex Haley's in the fam. He's connected to him somehow, but it just made me wonder. Um, it made me wonder who else was telling the story. And that just set up a really interesting, like, well, autobiography typically is by the person about themselves. So I just, yeah, I got that in my head. But I'm digging the book. I'm digging the book. I'm digging that. There's so much that I just, it's reminding me of everything that I don't know about this dude. And on the on-ramp, when I mentioned to you, I'm just really trying to get beyond um the mass media version of like what i've consumed about this person so far how do i escape the gravity of that to really kind of take in take in this book in a way where i can kind of remain remain neutral in a lot of ways but also keep thinking keep thinking keep thinking because i don't have i don't have any grounding in these in these events as they were happening um, I had no awareness as a child. Racism did not exist when I was a kid. For real? Well, I mean, I mean oh, that, like you didn't. Yeah, see that. no, no, I did not. I had no, I had no gaze towards it. I had no, I had no mentorship in it. I was not, I was not negatively impacted by any decision, any racist decision I ever made. Like I had no, there was no cause and effect to this particular um, dimension of the world. Like I just had no access to it. So I always get really, um, anything that starts to talk about like the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. makes me think about, makes me think about what was going on in my parents' life and how they were, you know, were they observing this stuff in real time? You know, so it's like my own kids when they sort of talk about a certain artist. I'm like, yeah, I saw them in concert. They're like, what? Really? That old? That long ago? And I'm like, it's not that long ago. And then I'm like, oh my god, like it kind of is. Like the '80s are 40 years ago, over <laughs> 40 years ago. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is. It totally is. And even if I go back that far. Um, 40 years ago, I'm still a teenager. Like 40 years ago, I'm I'm 12, 13, you know, going on that age. So oh. that's why ah, it is um, as well. I am I too. Well, I too. That means that you I'm enjoying the book. Um mm -hmm. is enjoying the right word. I struggled with the word to say. I, I would say I, enjoying I, as well. I'm enjoying it. Like uh, so I guess my my 
joy comes from learning about this person and his experiences. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, as I told you in the on-ramp, I'm appreciating getting to know who this character was as told to Alex Haley. And according to my research, Alex Haley is a, was a writer who, Mm -hmm. um, who connected with Malcolm X somehow. I, I can't find any connection to him being uh, related. It's very possible, but nobody's coming right out and saying that they were related. So I'm having a hard time. Um, Godfather. It said, okay. It said he, he co-authored the autobiography of Malcolm X. Yeah. So back in, so in the, um, so in the, uh, I knew I highlighted something in here. So in the foreword, in the foreword by Atala Shabazz. Um, Atala Shabazz was his wife or his daughter? Daughter. Gotcha. Um, so so it, the line in here is, my godfather, Alex Haley, bequeathed me the opportunity to write this forward to my father's autobiography. So Alex Haley was a godfather to the fam well at least to atala so yeah i sorry i jumped you jump jump back in um i'm i'm just uh it's awesome i'm enjoying learning the learning is good and i'm making connections to the stuff that we learned about in kendy's book um Mm. which oh stamped that's what yeah stamped um i'm making connections there um See, it is it is in the connections that I realize that I'm learning, that I'm pay, like I'm like, oh, geez, I remember hearing something about this, or I can I see a connection here between these two things, and I kind of my mind explores that connection. So this is uh, this is good for me and my growth, and just understanding. Like I was telling you earlier too, like I've now I started watching some YouTube stuff about Malcolm X, and uh, it's really cool to see there's footage from the sixties that is, that are on YouTube now about uh, interviews that Malcolm X did. And I really, I was telling you, I'm enjoying a bit of his fire, his Mm -hmm. spiciness, like just the dude, the dude was rocking. uh, He was rocking something back then that I get a little worried hearing him talk um, in the sixties about that stuff. Cause if I feel a little bit, uncomfortable talking about some of that racial stuff today makes me really nervous <laughs> thinking about maybe somebody talking about that stuff in the 60s but it's good stuff i'm 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 growing from it uh, i'm looking forward to discussing it with the the book club for men gentlemen um we got another good crew as well lots of the regulars are coming back um and it's just going to be good to it's going to be good to connect with you guys again and talk mm-hmm. about this stuff. Well, the one cool thing about the book up for men from my perspective and my experience is that it's really awesome that a group of people can gather, talk about these, some of these difficult topics. And I really believe people are growing from it. Like I, I really think that the guys are, whether it's the book or whether it's just uh, the camaraderie, it's it's I'm learning from the guys. I'm learning from the book. I'm learning from a conversation. It's good stuff, mm-hmm. I think. That's it. Truth. That's my thinking. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back at the table and seeing what. It's it's fun. So so here's where I I connect with it. I can remember some of the first ed tech conferences that i went went to and i can i can remember sitting there and this is like i think this is before any any real thoughts of trying to do podcasting or like i I didn't have that that it was probably it was probably the the some of the birthplace of that like just craving actually i would say it definitely is the the birthplace of doing you know the podcasting and talking to different educators and just kind of like sharing online thinking like collaboratively you know learning real time Blast it out while it's happening, kind of learning. Um, I can remember coming out of one in particular, and at the, 
you and I have talked about this, I know for sure. At the tail end of it, there was the reminder, um, two things. Mark it in your calendars. October next year, we're coming back with, you know, this next EdTech. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I thought to myself, what's going to happen between now and then? Like, I kind of feel like all loaded up. I've met a bunch of people. One of them, I think I met Michael Leonard uh, at one of those. Maybe it was either one. That's a long time ago. Michael, I know you're listening. If you remember, what was where was that? Was that in Cambridge? It was somewhere. Maybe it was Cambridge. But I can remember sitting down with them and chatting with them. And uh, coming out of that one, and there was chat. I think I also got to meet, oh, I mean, uh, Jonathan So was there, Jed Giffen, Tina Zita. Um, also, I always forget his name. The dude that works for Peel that was refurbishing the computers. And it was a big part of his student oh. life. What's the dude's name? I don't like remember was- the name, but I remember the practice. Yeah, he was like, he was total edge with that. So he was using, I believe, like his, whatever it was, I think, I'm thinking high school, I'm thinking high school, but basically, he was redoing the re-imaging, re-imaging computers with Linux, and he taught me how to do it, and he gave me a computer, like I got, I still, do I have it, I have it somewhere here in the basement, basically a wireless, uh, old Dell, in, in, what, I don't know, like a latitude desktop or something like that. Anyways. I forget his name, but anyways, I met all these people there and I can remember coming out of that lit up. Probably Hurley was there. I'm probably mixing events too, but I can, I walked away from when I thought to myself, what's the work? What, what, like, how do I stay connected? But then I didn't know. I, I was like, what is the work that you do? Like, what is the work that you're supposed to do between events? Like, what is that work? Like really kind of questioning that. And, um, you could, whatever your personal practice is, that's one layer of it, but without any formalized next steps, to sort of wait 12 months for another event, um, that was dissatisfying to me. So I'm always kind of aware of of trying to build some sort of a practice and plan coming out of these marquee events that allows me to kind of keep some of that momentum, like just not, not to let the um, afterglow fall off of it too quick and to extend it longer than your drive home. Like you hit home and you're like, okay, here's how I'm going to take that information and move forward. Now, maybe this is like totally makes sense to everybody. Like, yeah, we take it back into your classroom and you start to develop it. And you grow with the kids. Maybe that is logical to some people. But at the time, because of the marquee events that I kind of, and, and this was kind of specific to going to some of the ed tech ones, they felt so big. They felt like they were just such like you paid a lot of money to get a ticket there or you present like you sort of found ways to be a part of these big Google events. And then it really did feel like there was a little bit of deflation afterwards. Like there wasn't an aftercare aftermarket for what you were doing. You're just waiting for the next kind of like pop-up to happen. You know, where's that next ed tech going to come? Do you want to go to another one? This book club has entered into that space a little bit for me because I do feel like there is, there's, there's life in our book club. Like the individuals that come back to it are seekers and want to be a part of it. They want to learn. They're willing to share willing to kind of dig into it, get a little bit of a little bit of vulnerability and kind of like stretch into the information a little bit. But I am curious now that we're how many how many have we had? Is this the fifth one, sixth one? I'm not hundred percent sure. Me neither. Let's say it's the fifth. Okay. So we've That's been fair. this this started this started at the front end front end of 2020, right? Yeah. So we came into this thinking, how do we, there's a little bit, how do we stay connected? How do we deepen our learning? Um, how do we, how do we start to pull apart our own equity spaces? Cause that really was a part of it. How do we rep? I think in some ways, how you and I were building content and decoded. I felt like that set a little bit of a template as to how we wanted to talk about the connection between life and learning there were some there were some strands there it, it it ultimately grew because of the individuals that were in the room but i think there was a little bit of that like i think we could have these kind of like dad teacher um ally um activist kind of conversations um so yeah i'm curious to see where where people are at in the work like where are people 
and it doesn't have to be necessarily in the equity work because we've done a ton of we've done different books right and we've all of them kind of like i think nutrients like they're packed with nutrients in a lot of ways um how has it led to some change how has it led to some uncomfortable spaces what what has if we say that this is a real thing this book club and it creates real things in the world what are those real things what are those real things? What are the what? How is it? How's your life been made better? How's your life been made more difficult? How has it made you question more? This book, this book, I think, um, will make me question uh, question a lot of my approaches to equity work. I think so. Even so far, it's giving me kind of like something to bounce off of. Like, oh, there's a different way to come at it. Hadn't thought about that. decoded podcast not just about burgers i found my decoded podcast t-shirt the other day he said it's more than a podcast yeah you know what i'm i'm more than the t-shirt i don't even fit in anymore <laughs> jake was wearing it you're telling yeah i thought that was hilarious uh you know uh i didn't even try mine on but i'm sure what'll happen is i'll end up giving it to ben We'll wear mm -hmm. it out and about as just a shirt he throws on. People are going to be like, what is this kid wearing? But uh, mm -hmm. I think it's funny that our kids can be our advertisers, right? And for a product that no one's going to bother to buy, right? Yeah, the product the product that nobody's going to bother to even look into. Even, mm -hmm. if they, even if they Google DCP, it's not going to come up as anything. No, we've, we've, no. We've, we've really just let go of the whole, the whole marketing, the whole marketing element. Our marketing intern left. They graduated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got another thing for you. Did you have something you want to pivot to? If if uh, we didn't have, if you didn't have anything, I was going to jump in and drop. I think the it's whole your turn. It's your turn. Do it. It's the Shakespeare thing. Mm. Uh, about that tweet that we saw. I was going to go there. Do it. Okay. Well, I'm going to butcher this, but there was a tweet that, and I saw you responded to it. So then I, it caught my eye and then I read the tweet and it was about uh, an educator in Ontario who's finishing up an AQ course or doing an AQ course AQ and her courses. I passed mine. I know I texted you. I was so <laughs> proud. I don't know if you thought I was joking, but I'm like, I got the message because I was so scared, dude. I didn't get any feedback the entire time I was in the course because all the, all those assignments that you got feedback on were due at the end. So and I couldn't wait till the end. I couldn't create a unit that was like fifty-two pages until the end. <laughs> I couldn't. So, so I was like sitting on my hands. I'm like, am I going to pass this course? Am I going to not? Because the pass is a B plus. Am I going to get a mm -hmm. B plus? So I was the one day. Boom! Like five five feedback things appeared in the course for me. And I read them all and it, it was all good. My instructor was like, I love this and I love that. You did a great job of doing this. I was getting A pluses. So I was not on the lower end of the B plus. I was on the high end. So anyway, long story short, I know you like that one. Um, mm -hmm. I got to the comment that said, congratulations. Like your unit is excellent. Uh, people can use this right away. You did a good job with differentiation. You know, I'm like, I'm reading, I'm waiting for the part that says fix this. There was none of that. So then I look at the rubric and I'm like, okay, I passed. I mean, she's not said anything that says I failed. So um, I texted you right away. And I don't know if you took that as a joke or whatever, but I was seriously like, I said to him, I'm like, Sarah, I passed. She's like, of course you friggin' passed. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody would tell me. Nobody would answer. Like nobody answered my queries about my, the, my my progress updates that I was handing in. So I don't know if I was passing or not. So I got my AQ course. But anyway, this this lady, uh, I shouldn't say she's a lady, this educator who appears to be a lady. Um, um, she, I think it's Michelle Mansacalco. Say that again. I just, uh, Michelle, I'm just, Michelle. I'm just, put, yeah. Um, okay. So then read the tweet because I'm going to butcher it. It was about Shakespeare oh, and it lit me up. Yeah, super simple, super simple. Um, kind of going back to it. Yeah, Michelle uh, Mansacalco. Um, okay, so where was it? Doing my English honors specialist AQ, and I cannot wrap my head around the way people refuse to give up Shakespeare. 
Now, this this was a really it, it, it's it sort of it's popped into some really interesting spaces. Um, I, that's the tweet. So um, I hadn't even considered your that I hadn't I hadn't initially stepped into the implications of studying Shakespeare from a from a racialized perspective, like just like not like just feeling feeling pushed like I was going really kind of more tactically about it about you know you can find other poets I don't know <laughs> poets playwrights that can kind of um I don't know I I think there's I guess where I start with Shakespeare is that you know from from my understanding from understanding Shakespeare wasn't meant to be read <laughs> you know it was meant to be performed. Um, it was also meant, it was designed in a way that, structurally designed in a way that um, individuals that could not read could still enjoy it. And the places that it was performed, it wasn't high art, it was pop culture. So we've kind of taken this thing now, you know, put it through the archaeology processor and sort of kept it as this monolithic example of, of technical writing. Um, and Michelle, I had a couple exchanges with Michelle. Um, I just, I asked, is there, you know, it was the Twitter question. It was the Twitter AQ question. Remember that whole, is there an assignment in an AQ that makes you start up a Twitter account? So mm -hmm. the fact that, that Michelle was in an, a, is in an AQ, is in an AQ and sort of doing an, uh, an assignment based on, an assignment based on Shakespeare um, you know, I was asking about, is there an actual, like, do you actually have to create assignments based on using Shakespeare or was this just a, you know, a conversation? I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, I don't know. I'm okay with Willie. You know, I'm okay. Bill, uh, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that he's a, a you know, a, a, a popular playwright. Um, but I know for me, I hated reading it. I enjoyed performing it because I felt like performing it when the, when the lines came through the body and the lines, and this is kind of one of the things just, I think from, if I may sort of dig into my theater background, I think, you know, being able to be up on your feet and play with language, you could be given complete, uh, Bullshit language. I could give you. I could give you gibberish to say, and depending on how you walked about, walked around and the the look on your face, it would convey meaning, right? Um, yeah. So I think that I kind of put Shakespeare in that same kind of uh, basket. And as I'm as I'm checking out, I'm thinking to myself, this will be great to play with because the words are kind of fun to push out of your mouth. Um, if, if someone helps me understand how I'm supposed to move around the stage with it, tell me what the scene is and I can put the lines over top. I think to myself that way. But as far as it being a, an example, like, but it's completely, it's, com all of that is, all of that is impossibly impossible to observe when you're just reading cold text. And someone just this morning added into it. Um, it was a really, I thought it was a really good, a really good um, kind of observation. So uh, someone jumped in. So uh, Jill, someone that was in the thread, the language is an interesting argument as in it sort of um, that it, that it's, that the language is what we is, is both the problem and the possibility for many, most students, the Lexile level of Shakespeare is out of reach to be an independent text. Also many say it's like trying to read a new language when the language is also difficult to decode, making meaning doesn't happen. I would agree. And I think this is where I introduced that multimodal part of it. I said, I was told by a hardcore Shakespeare lover that the plays should never be read on their own. The only way to synthesize them is to perform them or watch a performance. And then uh, someone jumped in after me, Curtis, and said, that makes sense. It's like reading a musical score or blueprints to architecture. How terrible would that be? Yet, I will tell you, like, I don't care about the blueprints. When I'm walking, you know, I walk downtown New York, Manhattan, and I'm looking at these, like, skyscrapers. What I imagine it takes to put, to, for, for the human effort to put that together, 
I don't want to see it on a page. That won't make sense to me. It won't. Have somebody walk beside me and say, yeah, my grandfather was a part of this. Or I remember when all of the, all of the, uh, I want to say ingredients, all of the construction materials were all piled up and down the streets and you couldn't get by. Like, like those kinds of things is what I'm talking about with it is Shakespeare. Like put it into sort of like this moving, living context. Um, but to read the page cold, damn, like killer, killer. Awesome. My perspective is that that stuff can be very dry mm -hmm. and that stuff can be used as a crutch for teachers to get through the curriculum type of thing. And it can be used by educators who really enjoyed it and were successful in learning about it when they were in school. Uh, but it can be a killer too. It can, it can turn people off from English and that's the part that I don't like about it. My son Did it had, you? Did it you? Oh, were God. you? Dude. Hey, somewhere in the backlog of, uh, of all our, um, it was mentioned, podcast, wasn't it? It was mentioned. My dislike for English class, part of that comes from this whole Shakespeare business. Part of it comes from an old school teacher who thought it was the way to teach English. And it's like, it killed me. Thanks for differentiating for me, lady. Right? Like, that's what I'm thinking now. So my son had to do it. He had to, uh, which one was it? I don't remember which one it was, but he had to, maybe Romeo and Juliet. And it was just, I had to do my best to keep my mouth shut and be like, okay, what's the assignment? What do you have to do? Um, let's figure out how you're going to get this done. And, um, you know, as we're reading this stuff, he's like, what does this mean? I'm like, well, this is the beauty of, I'm trying to be all, this is the beauty of English. You're supposed to think about the content. He's like, dad, I don't understand what it means. I'm like, okay, crack open the computer. Let's look it up. What does this mean? And I'm like, this is BS. This is BS. My son, who's in grade 10, has to do this. He's like, what is this shit? I'm like, this is what you're learning in the course, so you got to do it. Um, and I think the, the, um, the task at the end of this reading was a good one. I think he had to do a podcast or something about it. I remember. I remember. Okay, so it was like, so the 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 product that he was creating in the end was I, you know, two thumbs up that there was some, uh, well, sounds like there's there was no it. option. It was this is what you have to do at the end of this assignment, but it worked. That worked. That helped him uh, kind of feel a little bit more into it. And then when he started to understand some of the the infighting between the families and stuff, he kind of enjoyed that too. So some good came out of it, but like, I just, I'm like, oh, really? You have, you had to use Shakespeare for this? Why didn't you choose three different texts and have the kids choose which one they wanted? And if they wanted to go old school Shakespeare, then they could have done that. Because some of his friends were getting a hoot from it. They were, they were loving it, but then they didn't seem to struggle with the chorus. So it's one thing when you're, and struggle is good, but it's hard to explain that to a 15-year-old, right? Uh, but anyway, then the, merit, the merits of it, you're talking about like the oh, merits struggle, of struggle. Yeah, the merits of struggle and yeah. uh, the positives that come from getting through the struggle and even not getting through, there's there's lots of benefits. But, but we're hinging all this on this kid's trying to get a credit and he's trying to get a good mark in the credit because these are the, this is some of the nonsense that you need in order to proceed in a successful manner in school, right? There's mm -hmm. things attached. If it was just for fun, him and I talking about Shakespeare, we could do what we want with it. But it wasn't for fun. It was for a credit. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it was for <laughs> yeah, a no, I gotcha. So that's that's what and that dude, the same thing happens to me. And I'm learning how to I'm learning how to deflect some of this. Like the AQ course I'm writing right now. I'm feeling some heat on some of the writing that I have to do. And the topic is one that interests me, but I have to produce something that like teachers are going to have to, you know, teachers are going to pay for this course. And I'm thinking, I don't want it. I need, I need to create something worthy 
for those teachers. But I, I'm trying not to let that get in the way. I'm trying to let my love for the reason why I signed up to be part of the writing team. I need that's I need to keep that in front of me. Why did I sign up to be part of the writing team? It wasn't solely just to create a product for teachers. It was so I could do some learning and I could flex some of my some of my experience and my professional skills and understanding. Um, so it's kind of a selfish thing. So I need to lean on the selfish thing. And then in the end, one of the byproducts of my learning and my flexing of experience will be a product that other teachers can engage with and make them better teachers. But, you know, I got to get over the fact that I have a deadline. I have to do some writing. I have to do some researching. That work gets in the way. And I, I'm learning how to, how to mix in the pleasure into that so i'm feeling good about what i'm doing i shouldn't feel like it's it the obstacle is the way but the obstacle doesn't have to be horrible it doesn't have to be a horrible obstacle so there's so much to this eh? like <clears throat> what are we what are we sensitive to as we as we attempt to build lifelong learners like what are we actually sensitive to as 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 a educator there's something about shakespeare that feels like it falls very close to <clears throat> this is not a conversation I've been directly in, but the, the shift in thinking. So with sciences and maths. So I think specifically, you know, let's say sciences and I wish I could be more exact about this, but the idea that Shakespeare, like when we talk about, on, okay. So on one hand <clears throat> we have this idea of Canon so we have this idea of canon within literature is and here's all the here's all the basically the old white dudes shifting some of it we might be moving away a little bit but still here's the here's the here's the canon of white dudes that we need to follow we don't say here's the canon of white dudes what we say instead here's good writing here's examples of good writing because we're not about to say well anymore as much that it's old white men we need to follow or white writers or white centered writing because that type of supremacist thinking, I, we're slowly, slowly kind of getting a little bit less comfortable with ignoring the fact that what we're saying as this is canon is this is white supremacist resources. Like we're we're sort of we're getting, I think, a little bit in the itchy sweater space where it's a little bit difficult to say that. One of the conversations I've, I've been around is within science is that in sort of trying to be culturally responsible and responsive is that discoveries some of the discoveries within science if we take it specifically about discoveries and that being becoming the canon is this is the phrase like well but you know the where else was the work being done and it's because we don't have the research and we don't have the almost like educational archaeology we don't have access to the content we assume that nobody else was doing this type of work right it's that great comfortable blind side that we have in education that these resources that we have we have because they're good not because another white person found it for us which is a problematic mindset, absolutely problematic mindset. So science is also in this interesting space where um, it's creating a canon, but just the canon in general is the thing that keeps, re that that it's it's the the tool, the weapon, the, the structure that just keeps reinforcing white supremacy. And, you know, it's, it's, to sort of cherry pick that just using Shakespeare as a problem, I think is a only a one small part of the 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 tools of whiteness that are being used in general in education, because there's canon within each of the curricular areas, um, some more actively being broken out of than others. Um, but that's a really our school our school board right now has um, I would say formally entered into using a, a text selection tool and there's there's um there's there's language within the text selection tool that challenges um you know basically where's this piece of literature from you know how how you know how who is it serving whose voice is being represented um the voice that's being represented is it actually being represented by the individual who utter who has the voice in the first place so it's really it's a lot of really it's it's a lot of centering on um authentic experiences uh 
I wish I could have sat in on some conversations with departments, though, because I think in English, it's easy to say, well, let's just not use Shakespeare anymore. It's going to be a lot simpler to find other content out there. But some of these things, like the rules of good writing are not owned or completely ensconced in Shakespeare and writing. Like if you wanted to sort of use that as an example of poetry, whatever, like there's a lot of different people that did that kind of work. And we actually have easy access to th this type of writing. There's lots of good writing out there. I always wonder around, is that the same thing? Like, is it, is it, is there more difficulty to do that exact same thing within mathematics? Like if we kind of said, yeah, Pythagoras. Well, some mm. people are doing that. I know. I love, you know who I love? Um, uh, I think Jamie Mitchell. Jamie Mitchell is a, a good example of a person that's sort of like pushing mathematical thinking in a way that I definitely wasn't taught like that. Um, I like uh, Howie. I forget his last name. Howie's a mathematician that posts up a lot of really great TikTok things. And he's I, on, on a technical level. I really appreciate how he's speaking about mathematics. Like there's people that are pushing into these mathematical spaces. Um, yeah, but like Euclid, come on. Really? See, I'm totally name dropping these mathematical names like I know. But part of it is what I do know is that, you know, probably in this, probably many of them are kind of like old white dudes that are, you know, the 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 attribution to the importance happens at the same time as the directing our gaze towards a white person that developed it. Right. So we're saying this is this is this is the this is the granite upon which we're going to build our thinking embedded in that granite is hello white guy so i don't know how do we get there how do we get there michelle we got their things to bill oh and yeah uh, bill and michelle and yeah. yeah it's good stuff um well this is uh we're coming to the end now we is eh of uh season five episode 36 of the summer school decoded podcast and only God knows when we'll be back on again because you're taking off for vacay. And then I'm looking forward to that, dude. You better be looking forward to it. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to your early morning uh, communications with me because I know how you like to roll on vacation. You wake up and you are, you're touring, you're touring before your, your family's even awake. Um, yeah. And I get to benefit from that some of the time because you'll text me or send me a polo of what's going on and what you're up to. So I'm looking forward to learning about your trip. Uh, you're going out east, correct? I am. Yeah, we're doing the road trip. And then so, when you... Oh, sorry, go. I was going to say, so this morning, at least for a brief, brief moment, bro, brief, brief moment for me to see 170 for gas, I was like, oh, yes. yes. So yeah, we yeah we've just kind of Karen and I we just kind of look at each other like oh the gas, but we're like you know what we we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll we'll figure it out on the back end because this is something that we've been planning. It's sunk cost. It's a perfect example of sunk cost. We got to keep this trip because we've been planning for this trip and we want to have this trip and we're entitled to this trip. I think the other really sweet spot are those that we're really looking forward to spending time with the fam. Um, I'm totally stoked, like just to be able to see the East Coast, like with adult eyes, right? The ocean, the landscape, the lighthouses, maybe some whales, maybe some seals, maybe some seafood, and definitely a lot of early morning posts. Yeah, you'll get it through this. And then you were telling me that you're going to be dropping into Ottawa at the end of the month. Yeah, did yeah, your mom's my, place for dinner. Did any of my suggestions, other than my mom's place, did are you going to be? Yeah. We are aware. So we're lucky. Well, it's lucky. I don't know if it's lucky. We booked like all of our, we did all of the hotel booking back in like, it was like early, early April. So like prices now are just through the roof, right? We mm -hmm. booked in at a totally different price point. Um, and it only, I, it's funny. I, I feel like I almost should have been talking to you more about this. I haven't talked to you much about being in Ottawa, almost to the point, like it maybe was a little bit of a surprise that I was, when I told you we're going to be there. <clears throat> It but I knew, like, you're going to Ottawa. That's awesome. <laughs> we knew, uh, we knew the Parliament buildings. We know the War Museum. We knew uh, we're doing that. We're doing a, um, we're doing some sort of a tour. I think it's a bus tour. I think we're going to take that the bus tour around to be able to get a lot in and what hop on, hop off. We're going to do one of those. Nice. Um, we know the Rideau Canal. I didn't know that was a UNESCO site. 
That's cool. I've been doing a little bit of research. Rideau Canal is a UNESCO site. Uh, Bank Street, I'm aware of. Bank Street. Um, the market. What's the What's the market's name? The Byward. Byward. I was going to say the buy market. Yeah, the Byward. So I knew of these spaces. Um, I actually saw, so the Rideau Center, is that like a mall or a plaza? It's, it's a, a mall. mall. I saw Terminator 2. <laughs> Whatever move, whichever Terminator came out in the summer of 1991. I think the summer of 1990. I think I'm doing this right. The summer of 1991. Whatever Terminator came out, it might have been Terminator 2. I saw it at the Rideau, at the Rideau Center. I saw it at that mall. I was coming cool. back from tree planting, and we all went back to Ottawa for Canada Day yeah. to stay at someone's house before we came back to our homes. So yeah, that was cool. So yeah, that's the that's the fam. Oh, nice the hammock between the two trees. I love it. I do have a one more question about Ottawa, and then we I gotta go. Do it. Uh, when you called my mom's house for reservations, mm -hmm, are you mm -hmm. going with Are you going with the kafta or are you going with the falafel? See, you have I to tell her now what you're gonna. Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, I think. Um, see, I was torn. I feel like I have access to better sides and stuff if I do the falafel. I gotcha. feel like there's, and I feel like there's a certain amount of, um, like you got to hit that right. Like kafta, like you get the spices in the meat, whether you grill it or fry, like you know that that's gonna be. There's less risk. It's going to be just a tasty, less risk, slightly less skill. But you and I have talked about a good falafel. Like you're doing that. You That's a, I'm sure the, the, the kafta is also trade secret, but that falafel, falafel, falafel. Gotcha. Okay. My mom likes to funny. talk a lot. So be prepared. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm edge. I'm edge. I'd said to Karen, I'm like, do we actually try and find? His mom's house. We actually do that just to send him a photo. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> and That'd I, you know, hilarious. hi, I'm I'm a friend of your son's. I'm Roland's friend. If they answer the door. If they answer the door, yeah. I, I, I... <laughs> and then my brother. It'd be funny if my brother answered the door. He's like, "Who the hell are you? And what do you want?" Yeah. Anyway, okay, dude. Awesome. Hey, okay, have man. a great trip. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch I'll you on the flip soon. side when you get back. For sure, man. Ciao. Peace.